Welcome to the Fitz Group Podcast for its members and our community at large. Our desire is to create a connection with our audience, communicate through seasons of transition, and empower you to make your business all you dreamed it would be. Join us now for the next episode of the story that will be told with our hosts, Fitz and Heather. Six ways to make people like you. (laughs) Six ways to make people like you. I say it all the time, all the time when I'm interviewing an agent or uh, to come on board or they're already on board and I'm helping them get better at sales or, or if I'm just talking to a friend about our business, our sales process is so simple. It's so simple. We make a friend and we figure out how we can help them. Recruiting to come on board with us is so simple. We make a friend and we figure out how we can help them. Now, are we able to help everybody? No. Can we make friends with everybody? No. (laughs) But we don't want it to be because we didn't try and we didn't know the basics to making friends, right? Making friends seems like a simple thing, uh, but it's not always so simple. I feel like we're constantly guiding uh, our kids uh, in uh, in that. I mean, they make friends without a problem, but it's just guiding them in how how to develop that friendship and how to make people feel special about themselves. Right. That's a great way of making a friend. So anyway, let's let's jump into this. There's really two different books and one common topic. Uh, we have the uh, on the one hand, uh, Skill with People by Les Giblin. Uh, I cannot emphasize enough that you need to be reading this book. Uh, this is a book that you can read. I mean, in one sitting, as we like to say, uh, the original copy I have was uh, copyrighted 1965. I think it's got 33 pages and 15 chapters. <laughs> to give you an idea. And the book I have originally was like they took a eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, folded it over and then turned that into a book uh, and stapled it in the, in, the, in the middle of it. This newest edition has uh, is nice and clean looking and real pretty, uh, but it's still not real long. It's uh, it's a real basic book. Um, I heard John Maxwell one time say that 80 uh, percent of books are fluff. And the 20 percent is the is is the pure what you want. And and John Maxwell said, and I'm an author, you know, like I'm telling you, 80 percent of uh, John Maxwell. This is him quoting. I'm quoting him. I'm telling you, 80 percent of my books are fluff. (laughs) You're reading through the fluff to get to the 20 percent. Well, this Les Giblin book cuts right to it. This is only the 20 percent. That's the pure what you need to know. It's kind of punch you in the face. But that's why I say it's it's an easy read that you can read regularly and probably should most likely read it on a regular basis. And then the second book is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. The only book you need to lead you to success is the is the uh, subtitle there. Uh, I don't know if it's the only book, but it is certainly a cornerstone book uh, in um, in becoming better. I remember reading this book in college and uh, my roommates were like, oh, you're just trying to learn how to manipulate people. I said, no, I'm trying to learn how to win friends and influence people. Why are you at home on a Friday night anyway? Uh, maybe you should read the book. So I encourage you to read the book as well. It's, uh, it's chock full of, of nuggets. This is one of those top 10 books, I think, that just really kind of changed my life. And what I'm doing in this training is I'm combining these two books. Uh, if you look in the second chapter of this book, it actually is titled Six Ways to Make a Friend um, and <laughs> uh, Make People Like You, right? And that's, that is the, 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 the outline of this, um, this presentation, but uh, I'm going to throw in some quotes from Les Giblin and Skill with People to kind of support uh, what uh, Dale Carnegie is saying. So we're going to start off talking about number one. The number one way to get people to like you <laughs> is become genuinely interested in other people. Number one way to get people to like you is to become genuinely interested in other people. Now, for some of us, that's not, that's not hard at all. 
I mean, I know people, that's all they, they're not interested in themselves at all. They're only interested in other people. Uh, but I know others of us that are pretty self-absorbed, and we have to get over that and become genuinely interested in other people. Uh, oftentimes, when I'm coaching a new agent, and they, they're concerned about the questions. What questions do I ask in a home fits? What questions do I ask on, a, on the phone? I'm, they get kind of worked up about it. I say, relax, relax. Just become genuinely interested in other people, and the questions will come. The conversation will happen. You don't have to work really hard if you just suspend your own thoughts and instead become genuinely interested in them. I promise you the conversation will be easy. Now, uh, Les Giblin says people are primarily interested in themselves, not in you. Uh, people are primarily interested in themselves, not in you. And that's, uh, that's skill with people. Chapter one, Les Giblin said that. that. Think about that. Think about that. Would you, all of us like to talk about ourselves more than we like to talk about other people. It is a natural thing. And, uh, and they are interested in themselves. So it's not hard to get them to talk about themselves. Right? You just have to stop talking about yourself. <laughs> Fight that. Uh, Les Giblin also said, as long as you live, never forget that any fool can disagree with people. That takes a wise man, a shrewd man, a big man to agree, particularly when the other person is wrong. That's skill with people, chapter four. I, I've confessed many, 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 many times that I feel like I'm genetically predisposed to needing to be right. And, uh, and it, it makes family conversations uh, with, with the extended family at Thanksgiving, makes that a lot of fun because everybody needs to be right in my family. Uh, and not just my kids. I'm not talking about my kids and my wife. I mean, like my siblings and all that. So, um, but I remember reading this the first time, and I just had to sit and absorb what Les Giblin had just said. And I've had people see this presentation. They asked me about this quote. As long as you live, never forget that any fool can disagree with people, that it takes a wise man, a shrewd man, a big man to agree, particularly when the other person is wrong. Fitz, how can I agree with somebody if they're wrong? Just say, okay, <laughs> just agree. I, I, a line that a friend of mine gave me, Jeff Bright gave me this uh, a few years ago, and I still use it quite a bit. When people say things to me that I don't necessarily agree with, but I don't, I don't want to create a wedge with them by disagreeing and starting an argument that has no point, I say instead, you know what? That's really good information. I'm glad you brought that to me. I'm not sure what to do with it right now, but I'm glad you brought it to me. That's a way of agreeing with somebody without actually agreeing with them. Um, it's, it's, uh, I remember having a conversation with a mentor years ago and, and we're arguing about something. He said, what, what is it that you want me to agree to? I said, X, Y, Z. He said, okay, I agree. And then we, we kept on talking about other stuff and moved on and, and we were able to talk about other things. And 10, 15 minutes later, he comes back and he said, Hey, remember 10, 15 minutes ago when I said, I agree, I don't actually agree, but since it wasn't important, I said, I agree so we can move on. I was having a conversation with a friend just yesterday about past hurts. We all have past hurts in our life. Do you know what I mean? By we, we've, we've had people in our life hurt us. And I feel like as I'm maturing, <laughs> that I'm coming to grips with some of those hurts, and I'm deciding that those hurts aren't necessarily that important to hang on to. Because I'd rather have relationship than, than a wedge. So we move past those hurts. Now, if somebody's hurt you in the past, do I expect you to fully trust them? No, I don't expect you to fully trust them. But hanging on to that hurt, I've heard it said like, uh, what, what is it, the uh, uh, holding on to unforgiveness is like drinking poison, trying to kill somebody else. You can't drink poison and kill somebody else with that. That's what we do with bitterness. That's what we do with unforgiveness. 
that's what we do when we have an argument about something that's stupid and we could have just said, I agree and move on to something else. Man, I feel like this is a message our world really needs to hear right now. <laughs> it's okay to agree, particularly when you don't. It's okay. Number two, I, I you know, go back to the number one. I, Joanne in our office, uh, when we first hired her, a lot of you guys know her, love her. Uh, when we first hired her, she talked about her late husband, Pat. And she said, Pat used to always say, I don't need to be right right now. And they'd move on. And Joanne was like, oh, okay, move on. And it took her a couple of years, and she realized what he was saying was he believed he was right. <laughs> but he said, I don't need to be right right now. And so they moved on. Uh, and, then, and then I think there was a fight once she realized what happened there. But <laughs> I like how he agreed with her, particularly when he didn't agree. Number two, smile. Smile. Dale Carnegie says, you want somebody to like you? You need to smile. Now, uh, when you see a dog... I grew up in the country, right? When you see a dog wagging its tail, probably a friendly dog. When you see a dog with a straight tail, probably not a happy dog, okay? Well, same way when you're seeing a human. When you see a human and they're smiling, they're probably happy and probably good, probably in a good mood. When they're frowning, they're probably not. So smile. Smile with your eyes. Practice. This is, it sounds so weird. People go, that's so weird, Fitz. I don't know. I promise you the most successful people in the world have done stupid stuff like I'm about to describe. Look in the mirror and try to smile without using your mouth. And just get your eyes to smile. I love talking to people who have smiling eyes. Don't, you, know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about, right? When you're talking to them and their eyes are just dancing, they're just so happy. Maybe their face isn't smiling, but their eyes are smiling. And you just go, man, I just feel like I can trust that person. I feel like I can open up to that person. I feel like I can be a friend with that person. We can be friends. Practice smiling. Don't be cheesy. Don't be goofy. Seriously, study yourself in the mirror and work on your smile. Practice your smile. It's, it tells people that you are approachable, just like a dog wagging his tail. In the first second, that instant when you first establish eye contact before you say anything, break your, before you break your silence, give people your sincere smile. That's what Les Giblin said in chapter 9 of Skill with People. He also said, if you are grateful to people and if you let these people know you're grateful, almost always they will give you more the next time. That's in chapter 12 of Skill with People. I think about this when we go out to eat as a family. and I, 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 So much of, I feel like when I'm, when I'm with my wife and my kids, so much of, of what I'm doing in that time is I'm really trying to model behavior that I want my kids to emulate in life. I'm not always perfect at it. I'm not saying that. Sometimes I model exactly what not to do. But I really try to. When we go out to eat, I try to be yes ma'am and no ma'am to the server. I try to say thank you a lot. I, I'm, I'm always kind. If the bill is wrong, I'm not a jerk about it. I'm, I'm, I'm smiling a lot because I want my kids to emulate that. It is an easier way to live when you are grateful and when you show it with your face, when you show it with your actions. When you are grateful, people want to do more for you because they know you're grateful. For those who have kids, when you do something for your child and they are genuinely excited and happy and are thankful, don't you want to do more? 
I mean, just this summer, I took our, our, our 13-year-old, I, I do a, a father-child thir- coming-of-age, 13-year-old trip, and we were up in Breckenridge, Colorado, great trip, and I can't tell you, this kid's grateful anyway, but I can't tell you on that trip how many times he just would look at me sincerely in my eyes and say, Dad, I'm so thankful for this trip. Thank you for planning it. Thank you for paying for it. Thank you for having fun while we're here. He just... He was just so thankful. And you know what I wanted to do right then? Anything he wanted. <laughs> I wanted to just, you, you, do you want a car? Can I, is it too early at 13 to buy you a car? I want to just, I want to give you stuff. I want to do more for you because you are so grateful. On the other hand, when people aren't grateful, man, I hope I never do anything again for that person ever again in my life. That's how we all feel, whether we admit it or not. 